Yo, 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 what's good? Thank you for coming to the House of Barf. I'm Chan Man. And before we get started, I would just like to emphasize that the content that we share on House of Barf is for informational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors and the information provided should not be considered as professional financial advice. Investing and financial decisions involve risk. And it's crucial to do your own research or consult with a qualified professional before making any financial choices. The opinions expressed on House of Barf are, are of our, our own and do not reflect the views of any organizations that we may be affiliated with. Please remember that past performance is not indicative of future results and the financial landscape can change rapidly. Always conduct thorough due diligence and seek financial advice from a financial advisor tailored to your personal needs and circumstances. By listening to this podcast, you agree that the host and in the future, if we have any guests, are not responsible for any financial decisions you make as a result of the information presented on House of Barf. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Yo, 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 what's good? It's Chairman House of Barf, January 1st, 2024. For all my young bulls and everybody out there who said... Man, I wouldn't make it. 2023 was kicking my ass. I ain't checked the stats on the news yet, man. I'm, last night, I ain't even hang out long. And that shit was crazy. That shit was, I, and I don't even feel like the population was even close to what it used to be. You know, streets being packed and full. And you're sitting in traffic. You can't even move. Uh, you know, like, I don't even know, like, uh, very far, ha- I don't know, half a mile. In 30 minutes, it wasn't even like that. But I feel like the people who were out were like, yo, we got to go twice as hard for everybody who's not here. I guess we still is dealing with COVID numbers out here in the DMV. I mean, I, it was fine because traffic was dead. Actually, I'm doing hella good today. I'm like, yo, I was kind of like, yo, let me get let me get the fuck out of here. Because, like, I'm telling you, like, you walk one block, there's a fight going on. You, 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 you know, on your right, you look to your left. There's some drunk woman, piss coming out, you know, boobs hanging. I was like, man, I was like, you know what, you know what. And it was a, it was a little bit more too. Uh, I had some family come in town that, um, it was yeah. So I was like, you know what, and before you know, before I left, they're kind of like, oh, you know, just got in town and you about to head out already. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm about to just link up with some some buddies real quick. So then I got out there and and the club owners are doing that club owner thing that you see on TV where they're like, you, 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 and you, y'all can come in, you, 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 sorry, we're full to capacity. I'm like, yo, that's because you let a bunch of men and women uh, in, you know, but I was here, but so they were doing that thing. I was like, you know what, this just ain't the night, you know what I'm saying? And when, when clubs get like that, uh, that's just when I know it's not my night. It's just not my night to get in. Uh, it's cool. Um, uh, I can save my money. I can save my gas. You, you helped me out. You know what I'm saying? Um, at least I was able to, able to get out in the city and, you know, you know, see the vibe. And it was, it was nuts. It was nuts. One place I saw, I think the place is called Showcase. Shit was nuts. Um, I ain't even get in. I just stood on the outside, and just standing on the outside was 
nuts in itself. And then uh, I walked down a block, you know what I'm saying, and um, went to a place called, you know, the park. That shit was nuts, too. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. There was so much puke and piss on the floor last night and bodies, you know, <laughs> like, yo, I was like, man, it's all good, man. So I was able to get home. I was able to see the best of both worlds last night. I was able to uh, go get to the club, but not able to get in, you know what I'm saying, um, which is fine. It was cool. It saved me probably somewhere between 100 and $200 last night. You know what I'm saying? Because that's probably about the amount. And I don't even got that bread to be spending. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know what? It's cool. I can take $20, you know, fill up my tank. You know what I'm saying? Um, I wasn't on E. You know what I'm saying? $20 don't fill up your tank. But I wasn't on E. I was probably on a quarter tank. And my tank is no more than like a 13-gallon tank. So it's not very large. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I can fill, you know, on a quarter tank, it probably take me a dub. To just get it filled up. So go ahead, fill my tank up. Get home. Got home. And <laughs> it's probably about, you know, 3 in the morning. And people are still up. And they're cooling, chilling. Nice and quiet. Man, I was like, man, it was the best of both worlds. You know what I'm saying? It, it, in the crib, I got, you know, got to try to, you know, help with the dishes. You know what I'm saying? Got the shit cleaned up. And that was just as fulfilling as hanging out. You know what I'm saying? So it was real cool. We was able to get the best of both worlds. It was really cool. Um, hope everybody had a wonderful time. Hope you were able to, you know what I'm saying, down some uh, some champagne. Uh, I don't know what champagne people are drinking these days. All I know is Vive uh, Clico or whatever. Uh, Don Perignon. Uh, Brute. Sean Don, so I was, hopefully you were able to get some, um, and besides that, investments-wise, maybe Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, maybe, was it, LVM, they have two, LVMUY, and I think LVMUYF, something like that, so maybe those may be some good things to get into, Burke, was, was, was it Amheiser Bush, only thing about investing in those, you also have to have social responsibility, it's up to you, I'm not saying don't do it, but just know that Every year, supposedly, there's approximately, if I'm correct, about a half a million alcohol-related deaths. And I don't even know what that means, what alcohol-related death means. Like, if two guys have been fighting drunk and one of the, and they, you know, let's just say one knocks one out and they hit their head and they die. And then they test both of the people and they both had alcohol in their system. Is that an alcohol-related death? Or I don't know exactly. And I don't got my laptop up right now. Shit, I don't even know where my laptop is. Um, crap. Um, I've been traveling with it back and forth between houses. Uh, so I, I don't know where it is right now. But I need that joint um, for tomorrow. Because uh, I believe, I, I think the markets are going to be, they should be back open tomorrow. Uh, get back on the Forex, get back on the uh, options trading. And trust me, I ain't balling. I ain't balling. You know what I'm saying? Don't get it twisted just because I'm out here, um, you know, trading. You know, people are like, oh, you know, oh, you know, must be. No, I'm not rich. I'm actually the opposite. I'm in debt. And I know 
your wealthy people, your, you know, uh, possibly Donald Trump's and your Robert Kiyosaki's and your wealthy people will say, I'm in debt. I use debt as leverage. I use other people's money to fund my operations. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, that's true, too. I do like to use that method. I get it. Forex, a lot of leverage. Um, so I get it. Me personally, is that the, the wave I want to be on? Not so much right now. Uh, more so, I would love to be in a position where, not that I'm necessarily using my own money, but I guess using my own money for leverage, you know what I'm saying? Or or some some shape, some form of me kind of like, I don't know, more so being in control. It feels like things are getting kind of out of control and I just need to get it back under control. I ain't going to lie to y'all. Uh, I've been I've been applying for entry-level positions. I said, screw it. I was applying for mid-level positions, and shit ain't working. I'm interviewing. I think partially it's me as well. You know, I got the conversation I'm having with y'all going. Uh, I got the uh, new book I was writing going, and um, and just, you know, been socialization, and just maybe I just haven't really been in the right mindset to go back to... Not to mention, like, the last experience I had with my former company wasn't the best on the way out. It was awful. It was god-awful. Um, and, you know, that's a little tender. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know how to compare, but maybe if you get into a relationship and it was bad on the way out. Not saying that, I don't know, relation, you know relationships just ending peacefully or whatever. I don't know. But... If that happens, it may be a little bit tender to hop into another relationship. I compare jobs kind of to relationships. Don't quit one unless you got another one lined up. You know what I'm saying? Which, um, man, that shit happened to me on on the other end. And that shit, yo, that shit burns. It burns. And uh, it burns because, like, when you're the person who somebody's about to quit uh, and they're lining up their other one. And then you start finding out, oh, wow, they've been lining this one up for for years. Like, you're like, damn, that's fucked. So they're working on this one. The question is, what would happen if, like, I was actually, um, my people was uh, listening to some Keith Oberman last night. And there was this question, what would have happened to Biden if Trump would have won the election? So, you know, it's like, it gets you thinking, what would have happened in your relationship if things would have started working out, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like one thing that kind of made the relationship eventually break up is all the downfalls, losing your job, not making as much money as you're making. Eventually, it's like, you know what? I can end this relationship. What if you would have got a promotion? What if you would have got a new car or something? Like, and they've been working on this thing for one or two years. Is it, is it kind of like, you know what? Let me just keep working on this relationship for another year. You know what I'm saying? And just hold that down because who knows where this is going in another four years. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? Who knows? And and also on the other end, I'm not perfect. You know what I'm saying? I'm not perfect. You know what I'm saying? Something you got to work on when you go through stuff like that. Uh, it's forgiving yourself. Uh, as people will say, as the Lord has already forgiven you. You know what I'm saying? But you beat yourself up because you think about all the things you did that you shouldn't have done. Um, all things you said that you probably shouldn't have said, 
uh, all the ways you spent your time that you probably shouldn't have spent your time, all the ways you spent your money, the way you probably shouldn't have spent your money. And it just runs through your head and you are curious if I could, you know, because as a man, and I'm sorry if this is sexist, misogynistic or anything, as a man, no matter how you behave, you really are the leader of the house. As much as everybody be like, oh, this Norbit, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, I don't know the words, you know, guys will call, you know, a guy that they think is soft. Which I don't think a lot of things that other guys think is soft of a man is soft. You got these old macho alpha males out there who are calling guys all types of names, um, you know, and whatnot because this guy is operating the way he's operating in his relationship. My thing is, I mean, as long as you're not like, I don't know, changing, I don't know. I, I don't, uh, it's kind of hard because I can understand why somebody would change the tone of their voice. Or something, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's kind of difficult to talk about, but like, um, yeah, just the main thing I was going to say, sometimes you'll be in your relationship, you don't really, you, you learn about power as a man. Before, you thought power was by your muscles, your biceps, your triceps, your glutes. I don't, I don't know if guys measure themselves off the glutes. But you measure yourself off your power, physical power. You get a little bit older, and I don't know if it's decreasing testosterone or whatever, increasing estrogen, whatever it is. It, you, you may not have no decrease in testosterone. You may not have any increase in estrogen. But you start to learn real power is really, in my personal opinion, really controlling yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of times if people bark at you, what you want to do? You want to bite back. You know, you're like, man, I'm going to end this as fast as possible. That's the goal. Somebody want to bark? Bite them. End it as soon as possible. Once it's over, we're moving on to the next section. You know, so then you get older. And all those older guys that would be like, yo, don't argue with your lady. Don't argue with this. That's not cute. You know what I'm saying? You're like, man, fuck that. She thinks she can talk to people any way she want to. Somebody need to knock her ass out. You know what I'm saying? And like, people will tell you like, nah, it's not cool, man. That's what women do. That's what women do. They, they say shit all crazy. You know what I'm saying? They're going to try to hurt your feelings. You know what I'm saying? And as you get older, you realize real power really comes from controlling your actions when all this shit is just going all wrong. You know what I'm saying? Easily, if you had the power and the money, you could easily get a couple of your homeboys, put some arms in their arms, and let's go try to handle this the way we would like to handle this. You know, and essentially what people would kind of say is, man, this isn't the wild, wild west anymore, man. You know, and who knows? Maybe people don't evolve. Maybe we do get new technology and maybe, you know, we went from the rock and chisel to I don't know what came after that. Maybe clay to I don't know whatever came after that pencil, pen. Now, I don't know, computers, but essentially maybe we all, we've never evolved, you know, maybe we all are still the same instead of maybe, you know, we had the, uh, the number one gangster or whatever, the Johnny Depp film where the guy was going in banks and, you know, robbing them up. And now we got hackers that just say, Hey, I don't got to go inside the bank and rob them anymore. I could just hack their system and rob them that way. Ransomware and shit. Uh, that ransomware is serious, man. They they lock your shit up, and um, 
send you a picture of a middle finger, you know, say fuck you or send you a picture of a dick. And you're like, what the fuck? And they're like, hey, send us money or uh, you're screwed. You know what I'm saying? If I had my laptop, I'll pull up ransomware. Uh, that shit's serious, man. And ransomware has been going up tremendously over the years. You know, these corporations, we get, they, they lock their shit up. And they like, yo, pay us or we're taking all your money. You know, or I, I can't remember. I used to research ransomware. I worked on ransomware a little bit. Not too much. I did worked on a couple couple things. Not too much. You know what I'm saying? Serious. I, I, again, I'm not trying to say it, but uh, whatever. But bottom of the totem pole. I never really got anything worth any substance. I just recently saw LPL Financial got hit with a $5 million fine. Um, I don't know all the details about it, but essentially they were um, not keeping track of their transactions or something like that. And uh, essentially... Um, I, gosh, darn, I wish I had my laptop up. But yeah, there's so many things, you know. Um, uh, we, you know, that's more so the regulation side of how to protect yourself against ransomware and whatnot. I, I can only imagine how difficult it is, you know, with uh, these these hackers. And I'm pretty sure they're they're only getting better and better. But then you got, I was looking at this guy, something Montgomery, uh, who's like an ethical hacker, who supposedly I guess knows how to fight against these people, and he actually goes down the road of like pedophilia or whatever but i'm pretty sure you know you have them in the fbi doj whatever to fight against the uh, guys who want to go after big banks and institutions and lock their funds up or they're going to put out pictures of you fucking your mistress online you know what i'm saying and i don't know essentially it's ransom you know what i'm saying how you know back in the day i guess people would i even i even hate to say it but would maybe kidnap somebody and hold them up for ransom now it's ransomware where they lock your system up and tell you pay us or we're going to send pictures out or whatever they do. I got to research it some more. It's been a while. Uh, but yeah, again, happy new years. We're going into the 2024. This is exciting stuff. Um, so what is it in the 2024 we're going to do? I know I'm working on a couple of things. I want to be able to get my portfolio up to a point where I can uh, options trade on like ETFs, a couple ETFs I'm looking at, VU, VTI, SPY. Now, the thing is, I don't have $40,000, $50,000. I know that's not a lot of money. I should. You're a trader. You should have this money. The one thing I like about talking to some of these option traders online is they understand there's traders out there with very small accounts, $500, $3,000 accounts, $15,000 accounts, $50,000 accounts. And then six figures, seven, seven figure accounts. They understand that shit. You talk to somebody else who's that pretends that they understand finances and they don't really understand. And they look at your account and they're like, not saying I show people my account. But one thing I will realize with a lot of individuals is, I discussed this before, is they weigh their financial literacy on the amount of money in their in their bank account. Where, in my personal opinion... Unless you have a strategy or a plan, having the biggest bank account is actually opposite of what you want to achieve. And it's not a risk to reward thing. Everybody wants to weigh risk to reward. Oh, you're saying that I could be making more money in the market. Okay, there's a little bit of that, but it's not that. It's, let's just say your own blood, your own family member, 
right? Got their money in the bank account and they're getting a dollar a month, $12 a year. And you go to them and say, okay, you want $12 a year? Let me handle your finances. I'll do it for you. And of course, what they say? No, 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 no. Y'all, I don't let nobody touch my account. I don't let nobody. That's bullshit. You're letting everybody touch your account. Everybody see your account. You don't know they see it. But there's a back end to your, to your Bank of America account, to your Wells Fargo account, to your PNC account, whatever it is. There's a back end. I've actually worked in the back end uh, for a little bit. Here, give me one second. So, yeah, when you work on the back end, you see, like, I can't even remember everything because uh, it's been years. But you see, like, how the money comes. Like, there's things like, like ACAT, you know what I'm saying? And you can see it on the front end as well. Um, there were so many of them. There's, like, 20 different ways money can be transferred. Uh, like, I don't know. I'm just going to make stuff up right now. But it's, like, ACAT, DTAP, whatever. Depending on, like, how much money it is. What is Does it come from an institution or an investor? Then they have, like, people who work on, like, back, back. You know what I'm saying? They track the transactions, follow it. And it, because, like, sometimes if, um, let's say, for example, uh, somehow your money gets lost in a transfer. You know what I'm saying? They have a group of people who can use tools um, to follow, like, go back in time. To follow, okay, where did this transfer, where did this transaction go? Okay, we think we found your money. We think we know where it's at. It got lost in limbo right here because when it left here or whatever. Um, one thing I used to do when I, you know, when you see the, when you work on the back end is I would, uh, I would master the front end. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, not saying I'm a full-blown expert, but I would master the front end. So basically I would have like, let's say you got two screens up, you know, as it's transactions and everything are going down. Uh, you could also have the screen where this is what customers see. I don't know. Maybe you pull up your own personal brokerage account or something or, you know, let's, uh, you know, whatever brokerage you're with. And, you you know, and it's like, OK, this is what you see on your scene. Do you see this on the uh, top on the right hand side? Uh, do you see this on the top left hand side? OK, go ahead and click on that. Uh, and this is where you can see. um but I will let you know on my end, I do see that this right now is pending uh, and you can see all that stuff. Um, uh, I kind of sorry, y'all know I, I, if, if you do listen, I lose my train of thought a lot. Um, uh, however, oh, yeah. However, there is a back end to all this. OK, and I haven't got to, you know, top dog CEOs or directors or any of these people uh, I haven't got the opportunity to work with these people but essentially um, I don't know if these stats are true or not but essentially let's say in the United States there's approximately about 330 million people it may be more than that but approximately okay there's 330 million people out of that 330 million people um, I would say in some way, shape, form, or another. Uh, now, actually investing stocks, bonds, et you know, ETFs, land, real estate, whatever. I would say, possibly, like, I don't know. These numbers could be skewed, right? Four hundred one ks, possibly. 
let's go up to like 30% of Americans. So let's say, I don't know, like, I don't know. What's that? Like 90 million people? I would say it's probably like 90 million people are investing in one way, shape, form, or another. Right? So, kind of the thought process. So, for example, there's ways people, you know, approach investing, and there's ways that other people, you know, such a, not saying such as myself, but such as myself kind of look at, at investing. So, let's say there was a really hungry person on the road, right? Starving. I'm talking about starvation, right? Um, supposedly, you're not supposed to feed that person. I don't know. You're supposed to take them to a doctor and let the doctor do what they do, like hydrate them. I don't know. They got a whole different process. You know what I'm saying? But there's like the correct way of going about it. And then there's not the correct way. And maybe these people could survive off of your way. You give them some food and maybe somehow they survive and you can say to yourself, oh, yeah, I didn't kill them. I'm, we're good. You know, but it's like, yo, you could have, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> like and that's kind of how I think a lot of people look at it. Like you got, um, you know, uh, your doctors, your lawyer, your engineers, uh, people who are very high class, got a lot of money in the bank. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they can they can spend it. They don't got to worry about it. They got their nice, fancy home. You know, they're doing very well for themselves. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes I think we can equivalent our status and our IQ with financial literacy. And I know it's crazy because, well, you know, how can I trust this person to be financially literate? They're fucking broke. They, um... You got this person pulling up to this millionaire's house in a fucking Honda Accord. And why is the person that's a millionaire listening to them? And I actually would say, as long as they're not a crook, big ups. Because it's like, well, if they're so financially literate, why, why are they not rich? You know what I'm saying? It's like, ah, that's kind of, if I had to say, a fallacy. You know what I'm saying? Like, in my personal opinion. Maybe because I'm broke and I can see it from this end. And I can see a lot of things that people are doing that maybe it's like, oh, man, if I had that type of money, I would handle that a little bit differently. You know, one thing recently, the 5%, um, the 5% on the bank accounts, you can take your money out of the stock market, take it out, take it out. We got these 5% accounts, move it over to there, get 5%, and guess what? You ain't got to do shit. Man, when that shit comes, like, when that shit happens, that's kind of like, initially, again, when I heard that shit, I'm like, oh, shit, um, sounds like a good idea. And then I heard everybody starting to do it. Oh, yeah, I'm opening up account, a uh, high-yield savings account, and I'm going to uh, get 5%, and I ain't even got to do shit. And they're saying that the stock market's only supposed to rise 5% in 2024, so instead of me having to trade all day, I could just go ahead and get one of these high-yield savings accounts and not do shit and still get 5%. It's a it's a win-win situation. Mm. Win-win with the banks? Ugh. I don't think the banks ever do win-win. It's, it's, I could be wrong. I don't know the banks because I never really dealt with a lot of bankers, never really hung around a lot of bankers, and never really worked in banking. But I don't think banks do win-lose situations. I mean, win-win situations. I think they do win-lose. And the only time they do like a win-win 
or with your big dogs who took out a hundred million dollars in leverage and fucking blew that shit. And now they're going to have to figure out a way to get their money back. And they probably do shit like give them a paycheck. Like, hey, you're about to come work for us now. You know what I'm saying? Until you pay us back. And then when they because like if you lose in the market, this is one reason why I hedge my positions that I've been working on hedging my position. I'm not an expert at it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, is you'll wake up one day and you'll be down a thousand bucks, right? I don't know the percentage. Let's just say you're down, uh, let's say like 10%. Maybe, yeah, let's say like 10%, right? So you've um, invested $10,000 into this stock and you woke up the next morning and you are down a thousand dollars. Some news came out. This person, um, Slap somebody uh, in public and the stock market is not taking too kindly for it. Or this person lost this contract and the stock market's not. Or this person said an anti-Semitic comment and the stock market's not taking too kindly for it. And you wake up and you're like, what the hell? What, what just happened? You know what I'm saying? And you got, you're down a thousand bucks. You're like, shit. Fucking bigot. I'm kidding. But, uh. Then you have a hedge in. You wake up one morning, you're down a thousand bucks, ten percent, right? Ten thousand dollars in the stock, it dropped ten percent. You're down a thousand bucks, but you have a hedge in. Now that hedge ate up five hundred dollars of those losses. You're kind of like, you know what? You know what? That's not a bad day. You know, it's like. It's like, uh, you know what? Not a bad day. I'm okay with that. I could have lost a thousand. I lost five hundred. You know what? I'm gonna go ahead. You could decide what you're gonna do. You could uh, just close out the hedge. You know what I'm saying? Take those gains and then hold on to the long position. You know, or just close out the whole position. Take the five hundred dollars loss. Move on. You know, it depends. It's how you want to approach the situation. You know, um, that's that's really one reason why I've been working on my hedge positions as well. Uh, uh, so that, you know, uh, could, so essentially, you know, let's just say the bank, um, loses a hundred million dollars and they recover, you know, I don't know, a certain percentage of that 40, 60, 70% of that through this person working for them and, or whatever it is, however they work it out. I have no idea. I, I can't, you know, I can't think like a banker. I don't know how bankers think, um, but I do not think that they do win-win situations. Uh, I, I I imagine that there's this yacht somewhere. I don't know what it's called, the Majestic, and this yacht has some of the most multi-billionaires on there, and they sit around drinking champagne and eating lobster tails and discussing uh, the way of the world. Wow, they just they they did they discuss the wow. The way of the world, you know, and um, they make these decisions. Hey, Bob, you're running that tech company over there. Uh, I, we need you to fire 10,000 of your employees or, or we need you to hire 10,000 more employees or we need you to lower your prices. Well, no, fuck off. You lower your prices. And it's like, no, you jerk off. I'm not lowering my prices. Why? Well, we need you to pay your employees more money. And the government guy comes in, 
you know, after he's smoking a cigar, he's like stumbling in. No, no, listen, no, all y'all, listen, we need more in taxes. Everybody's fired and everybody's on credit and they're not paying their credit cards. We need more in taxes. This is the least amount of every year we've gotten in taxes. And they're like, okay, so what do you want us to do? We need y'all to hire more people. And it's like, well, I mean, you want to put this this whole uh, minimum wage thing up. How are we going to hire more people? Well, you can't raise your prices. I'm, I'm over here trying to fight fucking inflation. Okay? I can't fucking fight inflation if you're going to go fucking raise your prices. It's like, well, you want us to raise minimum wage. What are we going to do? You know, so I just imagine that there's this yacht with Cuban cigars, you know, champagne and who knows what else is on there. And they're just making these decisions for the world. So then they finally say, "Okay, let's negotiate here. All right. Banks, you're going to raise your interest rates. Not only on the housing sector or whatever, but also in your bank accounts, raise them up. Call them high-yield savings accounts. When people hear high-yield, that'll get them aroused. When they get aroused, they're going to close out of the stock market. We can't have these people investing in assets. The more they're investing in assets, the more they can get away from the USD and cash becomes trash. We need to get this fiat currency back up and popping. Right now, if you wanted to get, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, some type of currency, it would take 80 of our dollars to get one of their dollars. A couple years ago, it took 45 of our dollars to get one of their dollars. Or however it works out, our dollar is losing. And you know what I'm saying? Because people are getting hip to different things, avenues, different instruments, precious metals, cryptocurrencies, real estate, whatever they said that they want to choose. They're like, you know what? Cash is trash. I want to get out of USD. Cash used to be king. So I imagine that they just have these discussions and then they finally come out. Right. And then it's not so much that if you're an individual saying, you know what, actually, um, you know, my spouse is pregnant or we're planning on purchasing a new house or uh, we're, we're getting in uh, line for retirement or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is. We just want to go ahead and open up one of these high yield savings accounts and um, just go ahead and park our money for, you know, 60 months. You know, that's that's about five years. That's a plan. And you got a 5% uh, high yield savings account. That's a, Now we're in, entering win-win situations because you're okay with. Um, so let's take like one of these rules. I'm not sure banks use, but it's like rule of 72. I, I probably just, I, I know I've discussed this before. Essentially, I don't know how it really works, but just, I don't have my laptop very quick and I don't really feel like. Uh, researching on my phone and doing all this uh, but essentially if you take your interest rate or something divided by 72 that determines the amount the, of time that it would take for your money to double so you got these banks who are pulling all these people's money out of the market out of purchasing assets and putting them in bank accounts i'm pretty sure they got the formula down pat if this person gives us this amount of money how long would it take us to double it Okay, because we got to give this person some 5% interest. Uh, let me see if I do this correctly real quick. Let me see if I can do this real quick. Because I don't know if tampering with my phone, if it's 5% divided by 72. Let me see. Goodness gracious. Uh, rule 
That's crazy because I typed in rule and it popped right up. In finances, the rule of 72, the rule of 70, and the rule of 69.3 are the methods estimating investments doubling time. The rule is divide. Uh, the the rule number is divided by the interest rate per period to obtain approximate number of periods of required to doubling your money. Sorry if I read that all terrible. So take seventy two divided by point zero five, or, or should I just divide it by five? Okay, I'll divide it by five. Okay, fourteen years. Okay, so it's going to take fourteen years uh, if you had a five percent interest rate to double your money. Now. Institutions, I'm not sure how they're going to use this, but let's just say, for example, they know their customers. They, they weigh their customer values. You know what I'm saying? They know uh, what customers are worth anything and what customers are not. You know what I'm saying? If you realize if you're a customer that's not worth much, you have all these maintenance fees and fees on top of fees and fees on fees on fees. If your customer is worth something, they don't really play around with you. You know what I'm saying? And worth something in a in a in in a uh, institution. I would say at least bare minimum uh, to put a monetary value on it, probably like $50,000 at least, you know what I'm saying, uh, before before the fees probably start slowing down and before the interest rates start increasing because the relationship between uh, us and the banks is backwards and the banks know it. And I don't know how it got this way and I don't know why it's legal. And the only thing I can think about is that people don't want to keep their accounts in their own personal safes. Think about if people manage their own banks. Like if you had a bank in your house and this institution reaches out to you and says, hey, would you like to keep your money with us? Could you imagine the interest rates that they would be offering? The interest rates would be like, I would say bare minimum, like 10%. Bare minimum. If we manage our own banks, if we had our own bank in our house, you know, security guards to be able to watch it and whatnot and fireproof walls and everything. And we have no concern of putting our money in an institution. It doesn't even cross our brains. And not only are we not doing it, our neighbors aren't doing it. It's, it's the way people manage their money. We just have a new ethical integrity system that people aren't going around breaking into people's houses, trying to steal all their money, uh, whatever it is. We don't have wars where people are going around trying to you know, burn houses down for no reason uh, just because they want to commit genocide or something. I don't know. And people can actually set up safes in their own homes. And whenever they want to do an investment or anything, they can go to the safe and then do their investments. And then whenever they cash out, they can take the money out and they can put it back into the safe. You know, if we had that going on, not saying that that's the wave or that's what we should be doing. I don't know. But if that was going on, you can only imagine the interest rates that would be offered to the institutions. I mean, offered by the institutions. And then the relationship would make more sense. And again, going back to everything's not about risk reward. Sometimes it's about understanding the relation, the dynamic of the relationship. If I had a pet bear or a pet lion, and I'm not sure I don't want to get on Peter's nerves or anything. But I probably would beat the living shit out of that pet while they're young. Not like a child or anything. You know, don't, you know, I'm not saying beat your child. But I'm beating the shit out of this, this, or let me not say that. I'm training the shit out of this pet. This bear, this lion, this Siberian tiger, this German shepherd even. You know what I'm saying? I'm, tra- I'm training the shit out of them. 
Okay, maybe beating the shit out of them is not the right word. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. But I'm training the shit out of this motherfucker because I want them to know who's boss. And when this bear or tiger, lion, whatever it is, gets older, I want them to know, like, hey, you fuck around. I'm whipping you or whatever it is. And I don't want to torture the damn animal. That's not what I'm saying. You know, I feel bad because I, I was looking at this elephant. I was tortured for like 50 years for, you know, circuses and letting everybody ride it. And and then the, the thing finally got free. Somebody broke it out and it was free for a few years and it passed away. I was like, damn. You know, kind of kind of gives me that Kobe Bryant vibe, man. It's like, damn, this guy played basketball his whole damn life and only had a few years. At, he was in retirement probably three years. It makes you, man, you'd be like, man, what's it? But at least he's going to go down as one of the greatest uh, basketball players. Now, as a, as a husband and as a, as a, I don't really get into all that, but it just, it bothered. And so I felt bad for this elephant and for uh, the Bryant family as well. But um, I felt bad for this elephant, man. It's like, damn. This, and the thing lived to like, to be like, if I'm correct, like 50 years old. Like, no, it, I think it lived a little longer than that, like 60 years old or something. But 50 years of its life. It was in captivity, and not even in captivity, it was getting beat the shit out of. You know what I'm saying? And then finally, yeah, again, somebody broke it out, and it lived 10 years or five year, five to 10 years in wilderness, peaceful, happy, and then, and then I believe it passed away. And I was like, damn. You know, so I'm not saying I want to go out beating animals or whatever, but I want the dynamic of the relationship to be churned. We already know humans are not predators, besides our intellect. Our intellect is what makes us a predator. Our, our fingernails are made out of ivory, but they're not growing like to saber tooth level. Our canines are not like on this, you know, saber tooth level. Our strength, the strongest human being probably can't even beat, I don't know, take a, I don't know. Uh, definitely, I mean, definitely, I'm not even talking about a bear or gorilla or anything, but I don't know. I don't know. Was it an Asiatic bear or those are those little black bears or, you know what I'm saying? The strongest human being can't, you probably can't take on a lot of the animals that are in the wild. You know what I'm saying? Um, but however, uh, you can change the dynamic of the relationship, you know? So that's where, when it, when sometimes when people want to touch on risk to reward oh you just want me to put my money in the market and so that i can get more money yes yes i got you but it's not just that man it's not that you know what i'm saying uh it's not me just wanting you to break up with this person so you can go find some someone better yes that is true yes i want you to find somebody better for yourself you're better than that you're better than that person that person's a scumbag you know what I'm saying? Or flea bag, whatever you want to call them. You know what I'm saying? But on the other end, what else? Dead ass. I just want you to do better for yourself. That's it. I don't really give a damn if you break up with this person and go find somebody else that's better. That's fantastic. That's a cherry on top. What I really want is for you to make your own decisions. Right now, your decisions are being made by somebody who's weaker than you, who is presenting themselves as someone that's stronger than you you're essentially being ran by a parasite and what these parasites do is they latch on to a host and they take over their brain and they suck them dry so right now the host is eating their lunch but who's getting a bite of their lunch the parasite you know 
the the host wants to go left, but they end up going right. Why? Because the parasite. The parasite has their brain under control. You know, and that's what that's what a lot of that's what a lot of individuals would not do. They take over the host, and next thing you know, you're just following this path. You're kind of like, how the hell am I following this path? You know, what is going on? That's why, no offense, I think COVID ended up being a really terrible, but also, ah, I don't know how to say this, um, productive thing. You know how many individuals started small businesses during COVID? You know why I think? There were so many years we were commuting. Why, why, no offense, why do you think there's this whole thing of we got to get people back to the office? I don't think it's because commercial real estate is killing businesses and whatnot. I think that too. But you know how many businesses got accountants who can do depreciation on their real estate and blah, blah, blah. They, man, they got accountants, tax advisors, financial advisors. I don't even know what to say. Out the wazoo, whatever. You know what I'm saying? They can figure out depreciation and all that shit for that real estate property. And then they can lease it out or sell it or do whatever they want to do. I don't really think that's it. I think one thing that we're having right now is a like a an employment revolution. It's people saying, you know what? Why the hell have I spent so many years of my life going to this office, dealing with workplace politics, economic, racial segregation, whatever it is. One time I worked for a company that couldn't be more blatant. I came into the company as a contractor. You know what I'm saying? Worked for the company for about a year as a contractor. Um, Got a promotion. Got on full time. So instead of me hitting, you know, number two on the elevator or number three, now I'm hitting number four, number five, number six on the elevator. I go to the next floor, okay, on the Floor number one, number two, you get off the elevator, immediately it's chaos. Ma'am, yes, ma'am, yeah, that's true. Ma'am, no, no, calm down. Immediately, as soon as you get off this floor. Now, now, hence, I've never went to the fifth, sixth floor. Never, never even crossed my mind. Uh, unless maybe there was a party or something going on. They're like, hey, sixth floor is having a party. Uh, it's like, cool, let's go up there. It's between 2.30 and 3.30. You're like, all right, cool. I'll I'll go up there at 2.30 and you go up there and you eat some cake and ice cream and drink some, you know, whatever they got up there. And you chat around and you say, hey. And then you go back to your floor and you're like, hey, I got to get back on the, on the phone calls or whatever. And it's just, you get back to your floor. Hey, man. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Sir. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes. You said four, six, four, six, four. You know, it's just crazy. So get a promotion. It was becoming obvious that, no offense, so many people in the industry don't know shit about. I, okay. Okay. If you got people in the industry that don't know shit about the industry, can you just imagine how what the people on the out of the industry know? I'm dead ass. You say, how is there people in the industry that don't know shit? Well, you don't go to McDonald's. No offense. You don't go to McDonald's and expect this person to be a chef. You know what I'm saying? It's the same difference. These, these organizations are trying to figure out how to save money or whatever. So they go to like these college campuses and they set up shop and say, hey, why don't you come work for XYZ brokerage firm? And and this person right now is six figures in student loan debt. They don't give a shit where they work as long as it's paying. And then not to mention, just imagine if you have some 
clause in your employment that says, and if you work for us for 10 years, we'll completely wipe out your student loans. So this person's like, man, six figures in debt. I can go work for this company and they'll in 10 years, they'll wipe out my loans or whatever. However it works out, I don't even know how that fully works out. But bet, it's like if you go work for a government agency or a nonprofit or something, they'll work with you. All right. So this person is like, fuck it. They go to the interview and they blow it out of the water. Yes, yes, stocks, bonds, investment ETFs, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And they, they do it really well. They do it really well to get the job. Now they got the job, and now they run into people like myself who now have to work with this person. Hey, Chan, we got this new team of people coming in. We need you to train them, whatever. That's how they typically do you. They know that they got some new people coming in, people who more so fit the culture. That's what they'll call it, fit the image. Chan, man, you don't fit the culture. You don't fit the image. You say things like, yo, 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 all right? And look at you. You look like a ragamuffin. Get yourself together, you know? So, but Chan, we know you know your shit. Could you train these motherfuckers up? You know, so then we can go ahead and terminate your ass, you know, so then you train these motherfuckers up and they you realize, yo, just real quick, do you even know what a stock is? And they're like, Chan, and I'm, and I'm a person that's I'm not trying to say I'm cool, but I'm a real cool person to where I'm not going to like run to the boss. Hey, hey, can you believe these motherfuckers don't even know shit about a stock is? No, nah, no, nah, hell no, nah, hell no. Nah. I know what the game is. They want to bring you in. You got the nice gelled up haircut. You got the nice suit. What is that? Haze blue. Cool. You know, my last name is Hayes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, cool. All right. You look amazing, man. Fantastic, man. Oh, look at you, sweetheart. Where are you from? Iowa. Oh, the, what was that? The, the Cornhusk State. Fantastic. I love people from the Midwest. Some of the classiest people in the industry, you know, and just, and you know, I'm just cool with it. You know, I don't really, um, I don't really try to be exposing nobody, throwing anybody under the bus so I can move up. I know the game. They're trying to get rid of my black ass, and they want to put you in there. All right? If you look around the floor, look how many black people are here, uh, except on the first floor. First floor, all black people. So, yeah, that's what I was getting to. So then you hit um, to get promoted, right? Uh, you go up to the third, fourth floor, fifth floor, sixth floor now. Oh, my gosh. It's quiet. Somebody's taking one phone call. Hello, ma'am. How's it going? Yeah. Fuck yeah. You see those jets? Fucking A. You know, and they're fucking having a great conversation. You can hear it across the whole floor. You know what I'm saying? And then somebody else gets a phone call. Hey, how's, how's it going, Tom? You know, and it's just like one person at a time. You got groups of guys playing putt-putt golf. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it's 930, but uh, I'm thinking about taking a lunch. And it's like, man, they're not coming back. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so different, so chill. It was so blatant, the difference in the uh, in the workplace culture. It couldn't have been more blatant. It couldn't have been. And I was one to try to, like, go back down to the first or second floor. You can't do it. You can't do it. It just doesn't work out. You try to go down there and hang out with the crew. You just got the job last week. You're like, yo, I'm still part of the crew, man. What's up? Nah, you're not. You're not part of us anymore, man. You're up on the fifth floor. We know what that is. You didn't know what it was, but they knew because they've been working their ass to get there. And then you, you know, sometimes you got to reach back, man. You got to help people because like, man, people don't realize, man, there be people in those, those roles, 15 years, 30 years on top of years, never getting one opportunity. But when this person who don't know shit about stocks, don't know shit, it's more so what they call it as an advocate. You know what that, you know what I'm saying? When somebody got you under their wing, 
know what I'm saying? When some, it'd be like, damn, you already an advisor? Yo, this guy, I mean, he don't even know shit about investments, yo, for real. And he's already an advisor? How did that happen? It's like, oh, such and such advocated for him. Oh, there we go. That's the answer. You know what I'm saying? So, I, that's what I say. If you could just imagine, if there's people in the industry that don't know shit. Now, I know it's hard to believe that shit. How is that even true? How could, how could, how could my advisor not know shit? So, what happens is they train them up. They give them all these books and they tell them to read them. Read this book. Read this book. Read this book. So what you get is this advisor who's regurgitating everything they read in a book. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. You got to start somewhere. The concern is they have no concern about where you came from. They don't understand that you, no offense, had to come from overseas on a boat. Damn near got your whole family killed. Got here into Texas or Mexico somehow or New Mexico or California somehow. And you worked your ass off for 30 years at this company, saved every dollar, and now you're just getting around to them. They don't give a fuck about all that. They don't. Right now, they have a ratio, a 50-30-20 ratio, 50% stocks, 30% fixed income, 20% of that. Or we got this financial plan with stocks, bonds, ETFs. And they just so it sounds like they're amazing. And this person who knows nothing about investments is like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I've never heard of any of this stuff. And it's like, nah, dog, that's not for you, man. You know what I'm saying? If you took 30 years to start investing, look, that's not the plan for you. You know what I'm saying? Like you probably want something a little bit more conservative. And the thing is, once you start signing paperwork, you become damn near a victim of the, the industry. I'm not saying a victim. I want to say it like that. But if anything ends up going to mediation or arbitration, you're screwed because you signed all this paperwork, basically agreeing to this plan that they put you on some shit that they read in a book last week. And now if anything goes to mediation or arbitration, it's like, well, ma'am, you you signed this and you signed that. And the thing is, in arbitration, that shit is it takes a lot to be able to prove yourself because everything is like it's set up. Regulation puts out the paperwork for you to sign the consumer relationship summary or whatever. You know, they put it out there for you to sign because they're trying to protect the integrity of the industry as well. We got to have investors. We got to have investors. We can't have a bunch of people running away because they're scared to invest. We got to have investors. So the regulations is trying to like not pigeonhole everybody because then there's people like me who are like, damn, I only got a few thousand dollars in my account, but I actually... I should be eligible to invest. And they're like, nah, based on our regulations, you can't. You know what I'm saying? So they got to figure a way to like have elasticity where like it can stretch, but it's kind of contracted. So we don't have a bunch of broker dealers going out of business because they're too much. Somebody used $2 million worth of leverage on $2,000 investment and lost it all. Now this company is going out of business, but they got risk people who are watching all this and everything. But so they got to figure it all out, you know, so they're trying to do their best. And then, you know, you got these brokers who are trying to like, you know, protect their careers because they work for this company. And, hey, we want you to bring in one million dollars a month. You know, it's like, oh, shit. And guess what? We're going to give you ten million dollars and you just have to pay this back to us over the course of 20 years. And you're like, oh, shit, you're going to put ten million dollars in my hand. Yeah, and start your business. Just make sure you bring in a million dollars a month. This person says, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. 
And next thing you know, they can't do it. They can't bring in a million dollars a month. It's insane. It's madness. You know, next thing you know, this company wants to terminate them and then send them a letter saying, hey, and you still uh, owe us that $10 million. And since you're terminated, you actually owe that shit us in a lump sum. You know, like, and it, and it just, so, so they're trying to protect their career and their families and the status that I'm pretty sure that they've developed over the course of time. And, and, uh, we also got to protect the integrity in these broker dealers. We don't want these broker dealers going out of business. It's not good news to hear that 14 broker dealers went out of business because of mismanagement of funds. That's not good news. That's good. It's going to turn a lot of investors away. And, and I'm not saying investing is the holy grail. I'm not on that. But what I'm saying is investing is an important part of, in my personal opinion, financial life. It's an important part. It, again, going back here real quick. I got to take a quick break. I'll be right back. This is Chan Man House of Barf. Introducing the Listener Support Program. Feeling the future and quality of House of Barf. Dear loyal listeners, at the House of Barf, we strive to bring you the most engaging, informative, and entertaining content every day into the world of business, accounting, regulation, and finance. We strive to provide you with expert knowledge, practical tips, and thought-provoking discussions to help you excel in your financial endeavors. We are dedicated to fostering meaningful conversations, sharing valuable insights, and creating a community of like-minded individuals who are passionate about business, accounting, regulation, and finance. Producing high-quality content requires dedication, resources, and effort from a talented team of one, me, but in the future, you know, hopefully I'll have a team. That's why we are excited to introduce our listener support program. This initiative allows you, our cherished audience members, to play a pivotal role in shaping the future and the content and assuring House of Bar's sustainability. In the future, becoming a supporter, you'll be able to enjoy a range of exclusive benefits. Benefits that I'm hoping to be able to bring eventually, early access to episodes, um, access to episodes that are not, you know, public, uh, you know, that are not accessible to everyone, possibly even um, create better content. And then all those mistakes I make, maybe I'll put them in a separate episode. You'll be able to get some behind the scenes stuff Um, uh, and other uh, exclusive um, um, things such as merchandise possibly I have uh, you know a children's book coming out maybe able to offer that uh, your support goes directly towards enhancing the quality of our content expanding our reach our research and investing in new resources and technology to bring you even better experiences your contribution will help us continue to deliver thought-provoking discussions, captivating stories, and insightful inter... Oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Um, may, in the future, may possibly interview someone. Uh, that will keep you engaged and inspired. Join me, us, in shaping the future of House of Barf by becoming a supporter today. Your generosity empowers us to keep our conversations alive and ensures that we can contribute to provide valuable content to audiences around the United States and hopefully in the future of the world. To support us, simply visit podcasters.spotify.com 
then you can get to House of Barf. Um, also, it is on Spotify. And um, support this podcast and become a supporter. And choose a membership tier that aligns with your preferences. Every contribution, no matter how small or how big, makes a meaningful impact and is deeply appreciated. Thank you for being an essential part of our journey. With your support, we can reach new heights and create content that truly resonates with you, our incredible listeners. God bless. Happy listening. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Barf. Again, if you would like, you can visit podcasters.spotify.com backslash pod backslash show backslash Chan hyphen man seven. And you can go to support this podcast and become a supporter today. Thank you. You can also reach me at c287gph at gmail.com. Thank you again. You have a wonderful day. God bless. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? It's Chairman House of Barb. Thank you so much to anybody and everybody who decided they're going to take time out of the wonderful day to come kick it with your mans. I appreciate it. Um... But yeah, so I, I do believe that investing is an important part of life. I think it, it develops the financial literacy, the financial maturity. Um, I think we understand that from a young age that we have to work. This is what kind of Langston makes it cool to me. Standard Venture is about is from a young age. We understand that we got to work for our money and, and we got to go shopping and all these stuff. We got to consume consumption, consumption. We understand that. But I don't believe as it's a lot of part of our lives, we're hitting that next level of uh, financial literacy. Um, because it's it's A-OK to do what? It's A-OK to work for our money, consume with our money, give our money to the banks, and then take out a huge loan for real estate. Buy a car, a finance a car, and these things are OK because what happens when we pull up in that new car? Uh-huh. Uh, feeling really good. Uh, uh, feeling really good. You know, and we pull up and everybody's like, oh, shit. Okay. And up, you know, and it's like, yo, yeah, man, I'm out here. Uh, baby mama bends in it, bitch, you know, and, and, and we're, we congratulate them. I'm not saying nobody has these conversations, but do we say anything about like, yo, how did you, how did you finance that car? And not to be like, you know, yo, how you get that car? Like, shut the fuck up, get out of my business. More like, um, you know, just kind of like, you know, how to finance it. I don't even know how to finance a car. I, if I was about to finance a car, I would go to YouTube. Nothing kidding. I would call a, one of my buddies and maybe sell cars and be like, yo, could you help a brother out? You know what I'm saying? Or if somebody gets a house, we don't care of how they got that house. Oh, shit. I see you. I see you, you up there in Calvert County. Oh shit, I see you up there in Montgomery County. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. You know what I'm saying? We don't ask no damn questions. We we up in there like, yo, pop this Vive, pop this Vive, pop this Vive. You know what I'm saying? We chilling. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't ask no damn questions how they got in that bitch. It becomes a part of life. And then we teach our children, do this, do these. You want to get a lot of bitches? Do these. You know, you want to get everybody on your dick? Do these. You want to throw the family holiday party? Do these. And then everybody works so hard for that shit. And then we get in this cycle where it's like, yo, 
wait a minute, wait a minute. How is it that I'm balling like fuck? I mean, I'm making $200,000 a year, blah, 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 blah. But for some reason, it feels like I'm living a $50,000 million, I mean, a $50,000 a year life. It's like, and what I mean by that is like, how did we get caught up in this net? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, what I mean is like, so I've noticed when I've had a couple buddies who kind of had money, um, they get a lot of phone calls. Even uh, to my trap stars, you know what I'm saying? I love my trap stars. I, I pray about my superstars all the time. And I just pray that, you know, that they're able to channel that energy uh, in another direction. Because they're geniuses, beautiful minds, mathematical minds, problem-solving minds, entrepreneur minds, um, opportunity, you know. Uh, but let's just say you're a trap star and... People don't really know how much money you got, but people assume you got a lot of money. You go to Prince George's Plaza and you threw 20 grand in the middle of the crowd, right? Or Pentagon City Mall and you threw $50,000 in the middle of the crowd. I don't know what for, probably tax purposes. You're probably trying to get this money out of your hands and you don't know any other way. And you just go ahead and throw it. So now everybody knows you got a little bit of break. Go to the casino, you gamble it all the way. You're not even trying to win. You're just giving, like, I got to get this money out. So I noticed these people get a lot of phone calls of people asking for money. Now, my thing is, I don't ask these people for money. Trap trap stars, I understand, are a little bit different, but still, same difference, okay? Somebody's making $250,000 a year. They got two jobs. They've been working two jobs from their laptop. Uh... You know, they work this job in the morning. They work this job at night. Two tech jobs, bringing in 250K. People will say, man, you'll see that they'll get the phone calls from, you know, family, friends, whoever. Uh, Hey, can I borrow? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Oh, this is another thing. You can tell the way that people measure how much money you got by the amount of money they ask for. And the reason why you know this is, is because... A lot of times you'll get a phone call before you get the phone call from the person asking for money. They'll hit you up and be like, hey, I just want to let you know such and such is asking for money. They just asked me for like, you know, 50 bucks or 500 bucks. You know what I'm saying? You're like, for real? Okay, cool. No problem. Hang up the phone. Next thing you know, you get the phone call from the individual. You see their name on the phone. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Here we go. Hello? Hey, what up, man? <laughs> What's going on, man? Shit, chilling in the house, watching TV, ain't doing shit. What you up to? Man, chilling. Man, shit, man. You know, crazy out here. Whatever. What's going on, man? Man, you know, man, I was out partying New Year's night. You know what I'm saying? Man, you know, chilling. Motherfucker just came out of nowhere, slammed right into my car. Oh, shit. That's crazy, bro. You all right? I'm good. I'm good. But now I got a shitload of damages. Oh, shit, man. How you going to get that taken care of? Well, I got insurance, but they talking about my deductible or some shit. I don't know. Going to cost about such and such amount of dollars. All right, cool. Well, what's good? I mean, you all right? You got it? Cool, man. That's crazy. You know, it's like, yo, one day I asked you for a favor. It's like, yo, what's up? What's up? Like, yo, can I get like $5,000? You're like, whoa. Man, and if it wasn't for that phone call you got earlier that said, yo, yeah, man, they called me asking for like $500, you would have might have did it. 
But just because you got that phone call, you're like, $5,000? What the fuck does this person think I do for a living? You know what I'm saying? Do they really think I'm balling like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, And you're like, man, you know what? Man, I don't know, man. And it's not even it's it's not even the fact of the money sometimes. Sometimes it's just that principle. You know, like, damn, how you gonna try to ask me for my money because you think I'm balling? But what I say is I don't really ask these people for money because a lot of the times these people, uh, if I had to describe it, I could be incorrect about this because sometimes you're not really all in everybody's business, so you can't see everything. Even if they work at a your institution, there's this thing where you ask them how much money do you got away from the firm. You know what I'm saying? You can't see this money, and they could they could say nothing, or they could say a million dollars, and they could have way more, way less. Who knows? You don't know. Um, but one thing is, these people, if I had to say, scale up their life. Maybe not everybody. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if there's a level where it's like, yo, I I I just got money coming in for no reason, uh, and I just I, it's uh, you know it's just too much money, you know. But um, I'm not talking about those people. I don't know these people. I don't talk to those people. But um. I've noticed they scale up their life. So if you're making, let's just say, I don't know, let's say like $10,000 a month, right? So you're making, what's that, 120 a year. These people, they take their $10,000 a month and they scale their life up. So they get themselves a townhome, an apartment or a house or whatever it is that costs, you know, $5,000 a month. You know what I'm saying? And then they have $5,000 that they can put towards savings or their investments or whatever. And then they get the opportunity to move up. Maybe they get married or something and they have another $120,000. So now this couple's making $240,000 uh, a year. Then they move up to a place that costs $10,000 a month. And then they have $10,000 a month that they can put towards savings. You know, And these people, they, they do that over and over and over. And this, I'm not saying that everybody does this, but it's one thing I've kind of noticed. So this person who is living in this $10,000 a month home, you know, whether it is the mortgage is $5,000 and the utilities and everything else included is another five, $6,000. So at the end of the month, it's $11,000 to live into this home um, or whatever it is. I don't know the levels. Trust me, I'm, I'm broke. Um, so, um, these people are not really living how, like, you think they live in, you know? So you see all those baby mama Benzes or whatever sitting in the driveway. Some people look at that and say, oh, man, they balling. And then some people may look at it and be like, nah, man, they, 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 they normal. That's just, that's just their level of life. They on a different scale. They on a different level. So when I get around these people, I don't really, I really don't be trying. Seriously, I don't really be asking for money. Like if I want money, I'll call a bank up. You know, I'll call a bank up and be like, yo, I'm working on something right now. I'm trying to do this options trading. You know what I'm saying? Look, I need some bread. I ain't got no job. My credit score is shot. I ain't got no spout, nothing. I'm dead out here and I need some bread. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll more so take that angle, try to get a $25,000 loan. Pay some of my bills off, put some of the shit in the market, try to trade, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. But as far as going to these people, because like, I don't know how much of a strain this is going to put on a person. You know what I'm saying? Now, and strain is something that really can drive somebody crazy. You know, none, and I don't want to be involved in none of that. You know, I don't want this person to end up going, I don't know, robbing a bank or jumping off the 15th floor 
or whatever it is. And because somehow, some shape, some form, we found out that this person uh, had been working three jobs, four jobs to maintain that life and they couldn't take it no more or they lost $25,000, $50,000 on an investment or something. And then the whole time I'm sitting there like, damn. And they lent me, you know what I'm saying, 20K to get me off my feet and they were over there in stress. You know what I'm saying? And it gets frustrating even when people sometimes ask me for money because like, you know, like, dude, like, you know, not right now, but I used to be married with kids, house, car, you know what I'm saying? And this motherfucker's single, no wife, no no husband, no kids, no nothing. It's like, yo, I'm not trying to be on your business, but dog, you, you should be better off than I am, you know? But real quick, even just going back to the, the dynamic of the relationships and the IQs, uh, I know there's a lot of intelligent motherfuckers out there, highly intelligent, marketing team experts, uh, engineers, IT, uh, lawyers, doctors, um, and super intelligent, way more intelligent than me, make, make, make way more money than me. However, it's very common, if I could also say, I could be incorrect about this, is that there's certain industries I've noticed that people are willing to take risk on. People won't take risk on their car. This person is an IT genius, makes $250,000 a year, but will not take a chance on their car. If somebody wanted to eat some illegal puffer fish or something, they're not going to take a risk and try to cook it themselves off some YouTube video. You know what I'm saying? It's like you notice that there's certain respect for certain industries. Somebody's not going to try to do surgery on themselves. I mean, there was a joke that Ben Carson conducted his own lobotomy. You know, but that's hearsay, nearsay, whatever it is. But regardless, there's a lot of, they, there's industries that you just, people won't fucking around with. Being a pilot, you're not going to have somebody that says, oh, well, I'm a lawyer for this firm. I can fly an airplane. But what do I do notice is finances seems to be an industry which I do believe people should be able to handle themselves, truly. But I do notice people will try to handle the, uh, finance, their finances individually Without, I would guess, maturing financially, more so, they got the one-two punch. Paycheck comes in, they do their budget, and they pay their bills, they're good to go. Which is great for the industries. And again, kind of going back, it's not a big deal if you're okay with what you're doing. My thing is, is I don't want to see, in my personal opinion, I don't want to see people taken advantage of. Because of, let's just say this person was depositing $2,500 into their account every two weeks. And their account is growing. They're doing fantastic. They're like, yo, I'm doing great. I got six figures in my account and everything. My issue is it's like, I know kind of what's going on on the back end. I know this bank or institution is putting it in a short-term bond or whatever, whatever it is, so they can get interest, so that they can give you 0.0001% on your money, or whatever it is. And then going back, I know that the dynamic of the relationship somehow has, it's like a hypnosis. It's like, whoa, because again, if we had safes in our own house, you know, then uh, institutions would reach out to us with a much better respectable deal. Because in that point, we would understand the relationship. We would understand that 
I'm lending this money to the bank. Not that uh, I'm so excited. I got my first job and I'm about to open a bank account, get a debit card. You know what I'm saying? Which is cool. That's one of the best feelings ever, ever. It's like, man, I'm proud of you. I'm, you know, I'm proud of myself. Like, oh, shit, I got a bank account. Oh, shit, I'm moving up. That Yo, that's an exciting feeling. That's a wonderful feeling. It's like fantastic. Now it's more so maintain that relationship. Don't let them take advantage of you and you don't, you don't try to, I don't know, scam them. Just, just maintain the relationship. You know, when it's like, hey, I've been having 20, 30 grand in this account for, you know, five years. What are y'all going to do for me? Immediately, immediately, I can guarantee you that banker is going to turn into somebody different. They're going to be like, oh, because for the first five years, every time they saw you, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, Miss Johnson? Hey, what's up, Miss Crockett? Hey, 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 in the club last night. We popping in the club last night. They're like, yeah, I was in there last night. Everything was good. You know what I'm saying? Hey, everything going lovely. You know what I'm saying? Oh, don't worry about that. We'll waive that fee. What, that, that, that maintenance fee? Don't worry about it. We'll waive that fee. You know what I'm saying? What's this fee on my account real quick? If you even pay attention to the fees. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, you know that fee? That's for our poor people. That's for our broke people. But you ain't broke. You ain't broke. You in the club last night. You know what I'm saying? We waived that fee for you. Boom. $35 fee. Wave. Boom. How do you do that? How do you just get rid of a $35 fee? Because we just click that check button. Boom. It's out of there. You know, you're like, all right, I ain't going to even pay attention to that. I ain't going to pay attention. That's fishy. But I ain't going to pay attention to that because I don't care. I'm Ms. I'm Ms. Johnson. I, I deposit $2,500 in my bank account every two weeks. Uh, uh, we popping. Now, go in, there one, go in there one week and dare say, hey, listen. I've been depositing $2,500 a week into this bank, and I've been receiving this interest rate, and I'm just wondering, going into 2024, what y'all going to do for me this year? All of a sudden, you're going to see them shuffling paperwork. Oh, shit. We got a, we got a smart one here. Oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, they're going to try to play it bold. I already know what they're going to play. We ain't going to do shit. They're gonna, that's where they're going to play it. That's how they're going to play it, because they got training. They, back end. This back end shit. They've been trained. They've been trained on this. They got scripts. Make it sound natural. Okay? It's script. It's scripted. Don't get it wrong. It's scripted. Remember, I told you they got so many people in the industry that don't know shit about the industry. How do they? So how do these people survive? They train them. Back in. Give them books. Read this book. Daniel Carnegie. Read it. How to manipulate a motherfucker. It's like, no, nah, I don't even know. I, I really don't know if that's what, they, you know, but they, they read the books, they get them trained up. And so now with their brain is wired that when somebody says something, what script do I got to go to? Okay, this script. Okay, somebody says, I've been investing this much into your institution. I've been receiving this interest rate for 60 months. And now what are y'all going to do for me going into the 2024? They're, oh, okay. This is page 36. Paragraph, we ain't going to do shit. That's the first part. Then you say, okay, you ain't going to do shit? Cool. And you say, you know what? Let me speak to your manager. Let me speak to your supervisor. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That's page 36. That's paragraph four. No. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I want to let you know that there's this other industry and the institution offering me a higher interest rate. And I'm thinking about moving the money over. Oh, shit. This is, 
That's page. That's page 52. Oh, shit. Okay, page 52. If you don't get this taken care of, you're going to be fired. Oh, shit. Okay, you know what? Uh, all of a sudden, we found something. So how do you find something that quick? Uh, we just found out that there's actually an account that if you deposit $2,500 every three months, you can get a higher interest rate. Wait, 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 wait. You, you, you're playing with me. So I've been depositing $2,500 every two weeks, and all I got to do is deposit $2,500 every couple months, and I can get this way higher interest rate? Y'all been bullshitting me. Y'all been bullshitting me. Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out. Oh, $2,500. You said you're depositing every $2,500 every two weeks. You know what I've been doing. You're the banker. Come on, stop playing with me. Oh, we do have this account that if you deposit $2,500 every two months, you can get a higher interest rate. Okay, well, what about the people who've been depositing $2,500 every two weeks? Oh, didn't expect you to ask for that. Actually, we do have an account for you. Next thing you know, you get that shit moved all the way up, higher interest rate, and to the point where you're like, you know what? I don't even know if I want to deal with this institution anymore. Like, somehow, I went from 0.01 interest rate that I'm at now, I don't even know what. You know, you can look online and see what the money market account's going for, but even that, that's just shit that's online. That's why I tell people all the time, man, there's shit that's online, that's for... I would say 40% of the individuals. Those are for the 40% of people who are not going to ask no questions, you know, nothing. Then you got the other individuals who are going to apply. They're going to call. They're going to apply the knowledge, whatever. They're going to call and be like, look, um, I understand this is what you got online, but I want to call up and see what y'all be willing to do. And all of a sudden, they're going to be like, all right, man. All right, sir. We ain't going to bullshit you. We could tell you you've been reading. You know what I'm saying? Look, this is what we can do. This is this is our best offer. And even when they say that, this is our best offer. This is what we can offer you. You say, okay, thank you for your best offer. I'm still going to go ahead and move my money. Next thing you know, you get another phone call. Wait a minute, ma'am, sir, ma'am. Last offer. Now, this one may really be their last one. At some point, they do got like, they're like, okay, we don't want to lose you as a customer. We see that you're pretty consistent. You deposit $2,500 every two weeks. If we do the math, this is going to be this much and this amount of time. And you know what we can do? We can go ahead and link you up with one of our personal advisors or whatever. And y'all can go ahead and set up a plan. You're going to have to do a little bit uh, stuff deeper. So because they got to make sure they're making money. They got to make sure you're making money. So it's not so much risk reward. That's what everybody's going to go to. Risk reward. This person wants me to move my money out of this bank account of this 5% high yield saying like, or whatever it is, because they think that I can go into the stock market and, and, and I can make more money. No, it's not that, man. It's, 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 it is that, too. It is. You got to be honest. It, I do want to see you make more money. I do want to see you put your money to work. You got a, a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. You don't let them rest. I see them. They lay on the couch. You right there. Uh-uh. You got, you got time to lean. You got time to clean. You don't let them chill, but you let your money chill in this bank account for 18 years, 20 years. And I'm not saying, I look, I don't know your religion. Maybe it's religious. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe you got a plan. Maybe you got a pregnant spouse. You got you buying a house in the next 60 months, you know, 120 months. I mean, you know, you're working. You, so really, you just had this account 
for years on top of years on top of years and told yourself, uh-uh, I'm not into investing. Uh-uh, that's not me. I don't want to do it. I don't want to risk my money. <sighs> you're risking your money anyways. You're investing anyways. You just chose a different vehicle. You chose what they call a settlement account. Your savings account, whatever, settlement. You, your, your investment vehicle is the settlement account. And your settlement account earns this much interest based on you lending your money to them because they have done their rule of 72 determining uh, how long it's going to take for them to double your money. However, you're not supposed to even leave your money in that settlement account longer than a certain amount of period of time. So you may not even reach the rule of 72, but they say, okay, if they do, we may get this far so we can give them this much interest. It's like, well, give them a penny a month, give them a dollar a month. That should be good enough. You know, we don't know how long they're going to keep it in there. And then what happens? You keep it in there 14 years and you've had $50,000 in there, $26,000 in there, more than that, you know, and they've doubled the money in those 14 years, doubled the money and also went into uh, maintenance fees, all types of fees and have taken the money out. And now they're even not even just doubling, they're tripling it now. You go to the bank account and you're like, yo, what happened to my money? Um, you know, based on these fees and these fees and you, you weren't depositing any money to it. So we didn't hear from you for like seven years. And their favorite thing to say, in my personal opinion is we sent you a letter. It's like, thank you. You know, and then not to even mention, then the government gets involved through a sheet mint. Oh, and then your account got, went into a sheet mint, you know, because, uh, once we don't hear from you for a while, we have to do something to your account, but you can go to your state council or whatever and try to work it out there. You know, and it's over. And you're sitting there saying, yo, I have $40,000 in that account. And now I got to go to this achievement court or whatever it's called. I don't even know because my money supposedly got taken by the state because I didn't touch it for seven years. You know, it's a whole process, man. If you're not getting got by the robbers, you're getting got by the cops. I'm sorry to say it like that. But it's just it's a whole system. And it's based on values of customers and uh, stats. And I don't even know them all. I'm. Listen, I'm on the bottom of the totem pole. Seriously, dead ass. I just decided to pick this up as a passion. I'm not talented in this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm just I'm just passionate about it. And I just like to uh, take one step at a time. So it gets frustrating when you see out of 330 million Americans, because I can't speak on foreign issues, 330 million individuals, um... Let's say 60 million of them are investing. And when I say that, I'm including real estate, land, 401ks, stocks, bonds, ETFs, precious metals, whatever it is that people are invested in. I, I don't know. Small businesses. How, I, I, can't, I can't name them. All. I'm not an expert. You got to go to YouTube and all that stuff to go talk to those experts. I'm just a regular Joe Schmo who occasionally likes to have a Bev and likes to kick it and talk about economics and shit. Future value of money, present value of money, the time value of money, uh, how much corn was not destroyed in a deluge in the Midwest and how much that's going to affect the price of gasoline and why are the bees dying off and how that's going to affect the price of, I don't know, whatever bees contribute to us other than honey. But like, I don't know what else we use honey for, whatever stuff like that. I just enjoy it. 
I just enjoy it, you know, and I'm not saying I'm an expert. There's so many great experts out there uh, that I enjoy trying to listen to myself. I'm not somebody who says, oh, I'm just the guru. No, no, no. I got so many YouTube channels of people who I deem uh, uh, respectable or uh, competent. I'm not saying that they are. They could be scam artists, too. But I say, okay, this person, this man or this woman sounds like they know what they're kind of talking about a little bit. And I subscribe to their channel, you know, and I subscribe to the channel and I keep listening. And um, that's just kind of, kind of how it works uh, to an extent. I'm just a real uh, skittish customer. I'm not even a good customer. As long as the content is free, I'm subscribed. Once they start charging for the content, I may not be subscribed. Once they say something that I disagree with, uh, I may not be subscribed. I'm, I'm, I'm that skittish subscriber you know and then i move on to another uh youtuber or whatever another what is this uh everybody's on um starts with they got the uh, uh, youtube tiktok uh there's this other one uh deloitte uh dupont something like that um diplomat i don't know it's just another one that everybody's like hey i got this account too you should uh meet me on this and you can have individual one-on-one phone calls with me and and follow all my trades uh, I forget what it's called. I think it starts with a D, uh, as in Delta. Um, but yeah, that's just it. So, again, going into 2024, uh, there's just a couple things I could personally say. And trust me, I'm not a genius at all. Jack Ma. Oh, I don't know if I should use him. I remember watching him on YouTube giving a presentation to his family before he became wealthy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, essentially... That's all it is. I'm just presenting to my family thoughts and ideas that I have. Hopefully, I can be able to break it down and uh, as basic as possible because uh, that's my goal. I am trying to break it down as basic as possible. At the same time, I'm not a genius. So um, I, it's not like I can talk in real technical terms anyways. Uh, that's why I listen to this, uh, the people on YouTube who use the real technical terms. And I learn from them like, oh, okay. S1, S, S Corp is exactly what this is, okay, and then you can use these tax, uh, um, these tax laws to um, depreciate shit and all that, and th- those YouTubers, fantastic, they're amazing, they're amazing, um, so I try to follow a lot of them, um, but I was saying that in the year 2024, uh, me, I'm definitely going to be working on trying to do option trading on ETFs, I'm going to try to get my account up. I am getting kind of tired of the individual stocks. You're jumping around from individual stock to individual stock, using your strategy, using your technical analysis, your fundamental analysis to try to, you know, see if you can make a couple hundred dollars a day, a few hundred dollars a day, when I could easily just go ahead and pick a VTI, a VU, a SPY, some Charles Schwab ETF or something and just trade on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and just, it, it would, it would just be a lot easier for me. And hopefully I could get my account one day to 400K. And then I can just go ahead and trade options on SPX, on Berkshire Hathaway uh, A shares, you know what I'm saying? And just be cooling it there, you know what I'm saying? And then Apple, of course, a little bit. But then I have uh, SPX along with uh, QQQ, along with, what is it, IWM or something like that. And just be, that's, that's kind of the goal I'm trying to get to for this upcoming. I'm not sure if it's going to work out. The overall goal is I'll tell you the overall 20 year, 30 year, 40 year goal is seriously bonds, bonds and dividend stocks. That's like my overall goal is fixed income, receiving possibly about 10% on my fixed income on just one bond, but I'm gonna have a bond ladder. 
So essentially, I'm going to have a bond ladder that pays an interest rate every month. So this bond is going to pay an interest rate June and July. And then this one, I mean, I'm sorry, January. Is it January and June? Sorry, it's J and J. Uh, it's probably January, June. Then, no, 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 it's not. It's, it's, is it December, June? It's December, June, January, July, February, August, March, September, April, October, um, uh, May, November, something like that. So I'm going to have the bond ladder set up, hopefully 10% on those bonds. You're going to say, how the fuck are you going to get 10% on those bonds? It's going to be somewhere between hopefully 7 to 10%. I'm going to go to the secondary market and I'm going to buy a bond from someone who's been holding on this from 2000 or 2002 or 1987 or something like that. And they're selling it in the open market. I'm going to buy that bond. I'm going to pay the accrued interest. I'm going to hold on to it. So I'm going to build the bond ladder. So every month I have interest just coming in and then I'm going to build a dividend ladder of, of stocks that pay dividends quarterly. Then I'm going to probably find a dividend stock that pays a dividend monthly, um, whatever. And then I'm going to have those dividends coming in, uh, hopefully close to every month, you know, as close as I can, because what you can do is say, okay, well, when does this company pay dividends? They pay it quarterly and they do it in these months. Okay. They pay. Okay. All right. And then this company kind of does it this time. So even when the dividends are lined up, I'm pretty much going to get a dividend close to every month. It may not line up perfectly, but if you get a company like O Realty and you get your shares in that, then you're definitely going to get uh, a dividend every month. And that's the, the main goal. And then that's just the that's just securities. That's not even land. And then also purchasing up land. People say land is a great investment. It's not going anywhere. Uh, there's, n- there's not more of it being made. So purchase land, then precious metals. I would love to have what they call your weight in gold. If you have your weight in gold, then you should be doing pretty well for yourself. And then of course, small businesses, the small businesses, no offense. If, if I, if I'm able to get to where I want to be, it's not going to be the thing that makes the most money because mm. I probably will be. Uh, if I'm able to do very well for myself, making my small business a nonprofit it was a 501c3. And whenever money comes into 501c3, basically just putting it back into the business, paying my employees and giving back to the community, basically through things of financial literacy, hopefully maybe some more children's books on financial literacy, um, uh, games uh, competing with, was it Hasbro? And whatnot, uh, but creating building blocks and games for children uh, so that they can learn financial literacy without really even knowing it. Same thing with like Legos. Supposedly, that's really for like learning engineering uh, and you don't even know it. Supposedly, games like Call of Duty teaching people to join the military and we don't even know it. Uh, I'm kind of going to get into that world as well as uh, teaching people financial literacy without them even knowing it. Just fun games, uh, hopefully. And then also um, uh, giving back to the community uh, some way, some shape, some form. I don't know exactly how. I know that one thing that everybody would say is, well, just give out some checks that, you know, hit, hit us with the Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar was supposed to giving out checks, you know what I'm saying? But that was for a different reason. He really wanted 
the community support when the FBI and CIA and everybody came in to be like, yo, who's this Pablo Escobar guy? And everybody would be like, we don't know. You know what I'm saying? We love him. You know what I'm saying? So maybe that's not the reason why he did it. I was out there was a median, uh, but I think that was one of the reasons why he did. That's not the reason I'm gonna be giving, giving back is just because I want people to um, be able to. Essentially, I don't know how people say it. you can take a horse to the trough, you can take a horse to the lake, whatever, but you can't make a drink. Uh, and then also, if you teach uh, a man how to fish, he'll eat for the rest of his life. But if you feed him, he'll only eat for one day. So essentially, all that I'm trying to figure out how to get people to the water, how to drink, and teach them how to drink not saying that i'm the expert either i'm broke as fuck dead ass i'm broke as fuck i'm dead ass i'm i'm like damn near getting on my last leg you know what i'm saying for real like i'm just truly blessed and this is why i give thanks to god as much as people may want to question whether god is alive or not in my heart i'm more so i struggle with letting people know how much i believe in god and how much i trust in god because i do know i'm a hypocrite and I knew no, that God would say, I never knew you. You make me throw up your lukewarmness. You want to claim my name in public and everything. And then you want to go to a New Year's party, you know, and, and all this other stuff. You know, trust me, I'm not perfect. That's why I keep this shit low key, for real. Because I, I don't want to to eventually do very well for myself. And then next year, I'm out here Robin Williams in it. No offense. Rest in peace, you know. Us, you know, because I just like, oh, I'm so excited to get to the mountaintop. But then when you get to the mountaintop, what you got? You got a bunch of people uh, that you may have shitted on to get up there. And now you got to, uh, you know, and I'm not saying I'm shitting on people, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I've done some shit that's not perfect. I'm not perfect out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and you got to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I'm taking it gradually and slowly and hopefully people can start to see the God in me, even the people I probably did wrong and see that, yo, my bad, I'm not perfect. And if there's any way that maybe, um, maybe we can like, you don't know, chill out and hang out and get a dinner. And I know I'm still maybe a scumbag in your eyes or a hypocrite or whatever, but maybe you can see I'm just out here trying just like everybody else or whatever. So I'm just taking my time, taking it slow. Um, but I'm about to get up out of here. Um, before people start getting concerned about me, when people don't hear from me, I'm telling you, I don't got a lot of friends and family, but the few people, if they don't hear from me, they probably are like, oh man, I hope that he's not wrapped around a tree somewhere, you know, and it's like, nah, I'm good, to be honest with you, I got home early, dog, real quick, lastly, I said it earlier, yo, I went out, a sweetheart, I went out, yo, I parked my car, as soon as I step out of my car, I see this stream of liquid coming down to my foot. I look up. There's some guy up against the wall pissing. I said, okay, well, this is the way to start the evening. So I turn right. I turn right. I get to a corner. Okay. And on this corner, all I can hear is rah, 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 rah. It's two guys getting into it. This is a matter of five minutes, you know, and then there's these beautiful women. I was like, oh, my gosh, these women are gorgeous. And they're trying to break up this fight. Boobies popping out of everywhere, everything. I say, you know what? Those guys look too pretty. They don't even look like they really about it. I'm sorry to say it. They, they look too handsome. They didn't look like they about it. So I wasn't even going to stand around and try to watch this fight. 
I'm pretty sure they're trying to impress these women uh, that are trying to break this fight, and they're probably drunk. So I kept walking. So I walked a few more steps. There's this woman hunched over, boobies out of her shirt, puking. Well, she's not puking. It was the drool. I looked because I could see the drool coming out of her mouth. I look on between her legs because she's sitting down with her head between her legs. You know, her dress top is just dipping low. And I see the drool in her mouth and I look on the floor. There's a pile of puke right there. Walk, like, walk, yo, I'm dead. This is in a matter of like, two, cause I'm, I'm walking to the lounge that I'm trying to go to. And, um, so I lift my head up. Next thing you know, I look to my left. I look to my right. There's a couple women in the bus stop hunched over puking and pissing. I look to my left. There's a bunch of women, uh, sitting on some steps, puking, pissing, whatever. Not every woman was, but like, this is in a matter of like five minutes, me walking to the lounge. Real quick. So I keep walking. Then there's a bunch of women, you know, beautiful walking. Okay, whatever. They're taking off their heels. They're drunk. Um, whatever. Uh, keep going. So get to the lounge that I'm at. All right. I'm at the lounge. Yo, I look to my right. I, I, I'm stepping in front of the lounge. I look to my right. There is feet. There's feet on the ground. And I'm like, what's going on? Because there was this guardrail in front of the body. And the guardrail had like flowers and whatnot. So I just see this foot. Kind of like if you looked at Wizard of Oz. And there was that foot. So I, and there's no shoe is on this foot. So I look at the foot. And they say, you know, I kind of look over the guardrail. It's a body. It's this girl drooling, passed out. Then I look up. And there's a paramedic coming over. And it starts attending to this girl. And she... Look, so I stand outside the lounge for a few minutes. You know, I call my people. My people are calling me. They're like, yo, are you here yet? And I'm like, I'm here. But they're telling me they're not letting anybody else in. And, of course, there's like four or five guys and a group of girls who walk past me. And they let them in, no problem. But I was, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at this paramedic work on this girl for, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes? Yo, the results didn't change. Like, there was no, like... <gasps> She's alive. No, she was done. So I say, you know what? I've been waiting out here for about 15, 20 minutes. I'm turning around. I'm turning around. I turn around. I look to my right. And there's this group of guys fighting. It's kind of like one of those, I'm sorry to say, it's like one of those YouTube shorts where they be like, man, you ever been in the gym after dark? And you see like, you're like yo, I'm telling you. So then I walk past, uh, I, the, I look to my right, there's that fight going on. So I, walk, I keep walking. And then this is when I, I, I walked past the group of women who were, and guys who were fighting. And actually, to tell you the truth, I, 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 took a, I took a U around it. I was like, you know what? As much as I wanted to walk past and kind of see all those, you know, women kind of, you know, because their chest was all hanging out and everything, butt cheeks all hanging out, everything. Um, as much as I was like, man, shit, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I, I actually took a U because... I ain't want to get no, I, man, I don't even got no fancy shoes or nothing. I don't got no fancy clothes, but I ain't want to get no piss or puke on my shit. Yo, so real quick, I, also last thing, I went back. Okay, so one of the spots was Showcase, all right? Showcase out there in D.C. So I, I was like, yo, can I just peek inside real quick? Yo, Showcase was popping. Now, I was like, you know what? Man, I ain't really got that much bread, for real. I was like, yo, I really don't got that much bread. I probably had, I, I'll be honest, I probably had $100 in my pocket last night. 
I was like, man, one or two drinks tonight is probably going to be $20. Next thing you know, I'm going to be going home with like a dub. And I'm like, it's going to be too much. Or I was waiting my opportunity cost. Or I could go home and um, uh, just put this dub in my tank, get in the house. And I got in the house. Man, it was like, ah. People were chilling. I don't even tell you. People were playing with Legos. It was just like two. This was like three o'clock in the morning. You know what I'm saying? And people were playing with Legos. Uh, some people were washing dishes. I went over there, started helping with the dishes, talking, still talking. I was like, man, it was nice. It was really nice uh, just to kick it. And it's like, you know what? I even told him, I was like, maybe tomorrow. Let's try again tomorrow. Everybody who's drunk and everything should be at home, chilling, trying to recover. You know what I'm saying? And tonight should be probably the people who didn't get, like me, myself, weren't able to get into the club last night. How are you going to hate from the outside? You can't even get in. So, like, okay, but something like that. But, like, um, yeah, and then we can go out, watch some football. Should be a little bit cooler. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and trust me, I'm one person to go inside and try to. If I would have had probably, like, $500 last night, I would have definitely went inside Showcase and, uh, I would have, I would, yeah, I would have, I would have been in there. Boom, 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 boom. You know, everybody, you know, like I would have been in there. I'm telling you, but because I only had like a hundred and like I'm going through a lot of shit, I was like, man, a hundred dollars can go a long way for me right now. That's gas money. I can get some groceries. You know what I'm saying? I can do hamburger hot dog night. I can cook some, 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 some pasta night. You know what I'm saying? You go to the store, I can get dinner for like 30 bucks, you know what I'm saying? And just right now, until I get some more funds, I'll do uh, this upcoming uh, trading session, get some trading done. Hopefully, I can sell a contract. I'm going to try to sell a contract for like, hopefully, like $10. Um, I'm going to sell a contract for like $10, and then that should go into my account. But this new broker, man, they be doing shit. Weird, man. I'm sorry to say it like weird, but like... With my old broker, if I sold a contract for $1,000, that shit went into my account and I was able to withdraw it. You know what I'm saying? Or $10, whatever. Because um, every contract you sell is worth 100 shares of the underlying. Uh, and I was able to put that money to use. This new broker, man, man, I'll put that shit. Uh, I'll sell a contract. Last thing, and I'm out of here. Um, I'll sell a contract and it goes into like a cash account or like cash secured account or something. So... I go to withdraw the money and it'd be like, you only have like $200 in your account. I'm like, no, I don't. I just sold, uh, one time I sold like five contracts, each for like $10, right? So I'm thinking like, yo, I got $50 in the account. You know, again, times about 100. And I'm thinking I got like $50 in the account. They're like, no, nah, you only got like 200. I'm like, how I got 200? And they're like, yo, you know, I know you probably didn't have to deal with this with your old broker. How did it work with your old broker? I was like, yo, if I sold these contracts, I got the, the money was in my account right away and I could withdraw it right away. You know what I'm saying? Like it was no big deal. Go do my grocery shopping, whatever. It's kind of how I was surviving. Now with the new broker, they hold it in like a cash account or something, cash secured account. It's like, it says like cash plus cash borrowing account. So I could, I'm like, man, this is some bullshit, man. I can't, I can't do this. This is how you're going to make motherfuckers go to Robin Hood or Weeble or something. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they probably don't put you through all this. 
So I'm trying to figure all this shit out, man. But I understand. So it's 2024 officially. Uh, I had to I had to go in a little bit, uh, you know, just to talk about just the mentality. Uh, you know, they'll say pride before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. You know what I'm saying? If there's any way to not equivalate your IQ or your salary or your status or your occupation with financial literacy and understanding, let me t- I'm telling you, there's so many individuals out there that love the arrogant person. They love them. They're ready for them. And they're going to take advantage of them because they know they walk in. I'm a lawyer for this firm and I know everything about it. They're going, oh, sorry, you should put your money in this because they're worried about the firm. They care about the firm. That's what they care about. And if you're willing to walk in, Mr. Pompous, arrogant asshole and pretending that you know everything, they're going to work off of that. Okay, we got this sucker. We got him on the hook or her on the hook. She came in and if you come in. Okay, another way I walk in real quick, and I'm really, whenever I walk into an institution, I'm dead ass. Like, and I and I really probably, I don't know if I should say, I'm dead ass. Even, okay, I'm really broke now. But before, I wasn't really broke, but I was broke before then. You know what I'm saying? So, then I started getting some money, a little bit of money, not much. I was doing pretty well for myself. I'm doing okay. You know, I'm doing okay right now. But because I was so broke before... You know, and I've never, look, I'm from, I'm from the, the herbs, okay? I'm from what they call the boonies, you know what I'm saying? I'm out there in the trees. When I wake up in the morning, there's a deer in my backyard. And there's a squirrel running up a tree trying to catch a nut, you know? And I'm like, this, you know, I'll open up my window and I hear birds chirping, tweet, 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 you know? So when, I, you know, so, you know, it's, uh, when I say broke, I don't, I don't want to, you know, act like, but uh, broke. Okay. Uh, you know, I have $18 to last me the next two weeks. Okay. It's, and I, and I'm about to make this work. The dollar menu used to be out and that's how it used to be my survival food. You know what I'm saying? I could get a double cheeseburger and a small fry for the next six days. And that should hold me off a couple glasses of water. And I'm gonna stop by, you know, mom, I'm gonna say, mom, you cooking, you know what I'm saying? Auntie, somebody cooking, you know what I'm saying? And, and then get a plate and make that last a couple of days. You know, so, oh, gas, you got, whew, man, you on E, you got to make this work for the next couple of days, man. And also, I told you before, I'm a person that I'm not going out there as much as I can. I'm not going out there to ask for no money from nobody. I'm not, because I know they're going through the same shit. They just on a different scale, you know? So, being super broke, not super broke, okay, but being broke. And I guess arrogant at the same damn time because I'm too prideful to ask anybody for money, um, which is going to lead you to destruction. Um, And then starting to get a little money, I knew how to behave. So when I go to these institutions, I already knew to say, look, I got student loans. I got insurances. I got kids. I probably didn't even have no kids at the damn time. You know, Uh, I got a car note. You know what I'm saying? And these companies are going to do anything and everything they can to get you as their customer and give you the best experience. As a person with probably bringing in only fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year, you probably will get a better service and better account than somebody bringing in three hundred thousand dollars a year. Dead ass, I'm dead serious. And where does it come from? It's because they want your ten thousand dollars. They want it. 
It, you changed the dynamic of the relationship. That $300,000 person, they walked in. I know everything about finances and I want this type of account and you're going to do it like this. And they say, well, this, this is how they get you. I'm sorry. Last thing. This is how they get you. Uh, well, I'm not sure if you could afford that, sir. I'm not sure if you could afford that, man. When I say they're going to get you on that hook, chicka, 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 chicka. you know, I can't afford what? Not to mention, no offense, you're a black person from the South or the Midwest. Where you always had somebody telling you what you could or could not do with your money. You know what I'm saying? You always had to deal with systematic racism and shit. You just had to deal with racism, period. Motherfucker, you go to the gas station, they got a sign up there saying, we don't serve blacks. Or shit, you go to certain parts of Mississippi, I'm pretty sure they got signs up, whites only, still to this day. I could be wrong. It's 2024. I can almost guarantee you certain parts of Mississippi probably still only serve white people. You've been dealing with that your whole life. You did something, you created something, you invented something, became successful, and you have this thing of like, I ain't going to let nobody tell me what I can or cannot do. See, I ain't got that chip. I ain't got that chip on my shoulder. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? You think I'm broke and I'm dumb and I'm black, whatever, you can go ahead and think it. I'll take my money to another institution. I'm good. I don't care what you, really what you think about me. You know, so I'm sitting there, I'm coming in sweatpants, hoodie, scrudgy beard. Man, look, I'm trying to open up an account. I got, you know what I'm saying? I got a couple thousand dollars. What's good? Oh, sorry. We can't cater to you, sir. All right. All right. I'm out. Well, you know, wait, 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 wait. Well, you know, what are you looking for? All right, man, I'm looking for an account. I'm trying to get like, I don't know. What's a good amount? Like, I don't know, 20% interest? You know, 20% interest. You can't get that anywhere. You can probably get 1% to 2%. No, bitch. I'm about to get this app out of you. You just don't know it yet. You know, like, and then, then you say, you know what? Look, it's all good. I'm about to just go ahead. Oh, and this is a scary part. You hear the couple to your right just getting got. Oh, yeah, we're going to open up this account, and we're going to give you 3% interest. And they're like, yay! And you hear it, and you're like, oh, You know? And um, so you're sitting at your desk. You've been sitting there for hours. They brought you a cup of coffee. And all you're doing is bringing in $2,500. They don't know it yet. You're, bringing, you're about to bring in like $10K, $25,000, $50,000. They don't know it yet. You're just trying to, you got you to gotta work this real quick. So you're sitting there, you know what I'm saying, drinking coffee. Uh, they brought you donuts. Oh, and then they brought the beautiful woman out. Ooh, this is when, this is when you know they want your money, okay? When they bring out uh, Tasha or um, Rachel this is when because they start off they start you off with Todd Todd he got the baggy the baggy uh, suit on cool guy cool as hell graduated from an HBCU Bowie State something cool ass dude you know what I'm saying Todd's just a cool ass dude drives a drives a Toyota Corolla he's six foot six drives a Toyota Corolla you know it's it's almost kind of funny watching him get out of his car every day you know and he's a real cool dude, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, he's like, hey, you know, I'm sorry. There's really nothing we can do for you. But wait a minute. Let me let me see what I can do for you. He goes back, you know what I'm saying? And they bring out they bring out Mark or Sanchez, you know, real cool, real cool dude. But this guy's a little bit more of a of a reptile. You know what I'm saying? You can see it in his skin like he golfs all day. A little bit, a little bit more of a reptile. Then you get past Mark or Sanchez or uh, you're not even at Chad yet. Chad hasn't even came out yet. Chad will come out after uh, Rachel 
or whatever. All right. So Mark Sanchez or whoever it is, they're not able to get the job done. All right. They they uh, said, you know what? I said, man, I got student loans. I got insurance. I, I can't. Hey, look, I'm not going to be able to just put $2,500 into your institution and only be getting 0.01%. I'm sorry. I can't do this. I got children. I got uh, I got insurance. I got student loans. I, I got a home. Look, man, I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to just go down the street to West Banco or something. And and uh, they, they said they got, you know, they, they said they got 50. There's accounts there with uh, high interest. I, I don't know. I can't do this. Then... Big Booty Judy or Big Boobed Rachel, whoever it is, is going to come out. It's like, boom. Ooh, they brought up the big dogs. You deal with her. She's going to sit with you for about an hour or two hours. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a minute. It's going to be a minute. Because she has like a 96 probably, you know, retention rate. You know, I don't know. She's going to spend more time with you. Next is when they bring out Chad. Chad comes out. Big broad chin, slick back hair, nice suit. You know what I'm saying? Loud spoken. This man knows everything about everything. Right? Sharp. Straight sharp. This guy is going to take you on a ride. He's going to say, hey, oh, man, hungry. Lunch, you, me, let's do it. You say, cool. You hop in his car. You know what I'm saying? And again, this is not for that $300,000. The $300,000 family has already been gotten. They got the 2%, 3% interest rate. They were excited because they moved up from 0.01% all the way up to 2%. So they're happy. They got them $300,000. They, they haven't got you, though. Mr. Hoodie, sweatpants, scrungy beard that's only bringing in $2,500. To their knowledge, you're only bringing in about five. That's it. Okay, five, 10K. Seriously. So then finally, eventually... Chad, you know, Chad drives you around in the BM 7 Series, takes you around the city, shows you different things. You know, hey, you know, we would really like your business, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, you know what, Chad? All right, cool. You can meet me in the middle at like 10%, whatever kind of account you got. I don't even know what type of account it is. I'm, make, I'm just making something up. You know what I'm saying? I'll go ahead and I'll bring over my $5,000 or whatever. Next thing you know, you're dumping twenty five thousand into this count, fifty thousand into this count. Some shit you were you had held at a, I don't know, some credit union or some other institution that wasn't really taking care of you. And you said, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna dump it on you. And you dump it on them, and then you move on. You don't talk to these motherfuckers for five, six years. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. You move on, and then you keep that cycle going on and on and on. You know, and you stay on top of your institutions, your insurance companies. You know, I got to start getting better at calling my insurance companies. I don't call them very often. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and they're probably like, yo, they, I don't know how that works. I got to figure out that deal. I'm just excited that my insurance rate is at a certain rate. You know, so I got to work on shit. I'm getting phone calls from family members and friends I haven't talked to in years. Shit. No offense, motherfuckers that. I don't even know if they know that they're texting the right person because we really not cool no more. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. I hope, okay, I'm not really trying to be a teacher. I'm not trying to be a preacher, nothing. Okay, if there's anything that I would like to be, it would. I would rather be more um, funny uh, than trying to preach or teach. Uh, you know, sometimes I hope that maybe you can even find a little giggle or something out of this. If there's anything that I really would truly like to say is, Happy New Year's. Happy 2024. 
God bless. And hopefully you're able to find something out of this. I literally just did like two hours. So thank you so much. You have yourself a wonderful 2024. Again, God bless. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Barf. Blah! I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mankston's Coolamate Stand Adventure, a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mankston's Coolamate Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mankston's Coolamate Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mankston and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mankston sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mankston and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mankston, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonky, Langston Mankston learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges, with money, and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, Young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mankston set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mankston's Coolamate Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mankston's Coolamate Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors it is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mankson, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mankston's Coolamate Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts, your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. 
Your support in spreading the word about Langston Manx and Coolamate Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and and am excited to join the community of storytellers with a background in finances. I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mangston's Cool Amaze Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way. As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement, and I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, You can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless.